back in your era. That was an era, bro. We were doing a lot of fun things back then. Yeah. Why was that such an era? Because he had me around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was kind of figuring out. Like, I've had like several kind of chapters to my career. Okay. And are we still? Yeah, we yeah we're we're live now. We're live. Yeah, we're we super live. We're super live. We just That's no good. intro, That's whatever. That's good. Yeah, it was an era. It was like. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like life comes in kind of like chapters. Uh-huh. Not even chapters, like Agreed. sections. Right? I agree. Like, there's a lot of little chapters in life, but Logan was kind of like in the middle of chapter two for me. Chapter one's like, you know, you grow up, you kind of figure out your shit, you go to college. And then chapter two's like, you, you figure out your career and kind of your, your purpose and things like that. And then like chapter three is like when you have kids and a family. I'm, I just got into, I'm going to chapter three now. But Logan was like right in the middle of, uh, chapter two for me it was like I started yeah you know, I'd made money but I didn't really have my purpose yet and like my company was kind of we're still figuring shit out yeah and uh Logan was a fucking killer so, so Logan before we go further Logan yeah, let's you want to you want to intro our guest today? yeah so we have a very very uh awesome guest today been a huge influence on me um I worked for him for a year when I was I think I started with you when I was 20 I was still pop, man. Uh, and so Jared Getz, who, you know, I kinda, and I kind of want to talk, a, let you talk a little bit about it because you've done so much. Um, but just like a serial entrepreneur, definitely one of the smartest people I've met or been around. Like I said, huge influence on me. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of want to let you give a little bit of an intro because I also feel like, too, you know, you've been off the map, haven't really been online doing all this kind of shit for for a while at least it seems like peripherally um so i would love to let you kind of give an intro i obviously know it all like are all about like kind of what you've done so yeah yeah for sure excited to have you on the associates and yeah this been having a lot of fun so far today um i have been (laughs) kind of you could say off the map right but it's yeah it's actually i think the opposite is true i've been like on my game working on my own inner world Mm mm-hmm learning, growing, focusing on my company, because I know that in doing so, you know, your inner world is a direct reflection of your outer world. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the world has it backwards. A lot of people think that like, you need to get your outer world in order first in order to feel the way you want to feel. And I've realized a long time ago that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to prove it to myself on several occasions that by getting my own shit together, by getting my habits in order, by feeling good, by working out, by meditating, by reading, by staying true to myself, mm-hmm. the, the universe spits out your outcomes for you in unexpected yeah. ways. And I've also came to realize that we live in a universe of unlimited possibilities. So to be able to think you can expect how things are going to happen is ignorant. Mm-hmm. So I've also learned to kind of let go of that. So although I've been, you know, off the grid or not really on off social of, media, off of social media, off of social media, I've been very much focused on my game you know I've been at meditation retreats I've done several plant medicine journeys I actually have one coming up in a week that have been really profound for me I've been um, I have have a son being born in in April so you know I've been working on how do I be an example for him Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of people you know you guys have been uh, have learned a lot about life at a young age but a lot of people who is like your guys's age you know, in the early 20s, late teens, 
they have it backwards. They think that they have to get the outer world figured out in order for their inner world to get figured out. But it's, it's the opposite. And I think, you know, what I've been doing is I've been working on building a real company, um, building something of a lot of value because society actually values monetary gain. Like, like I can go and be on social media right now. I can go publish another book um, and I could probably influence a good amount of people. But when I sell my company for, you know, several hundred million dollars, then a lot more people are going to listen to what I have to say so I could have a bigger impact. So although I've been behind the scenes, I've been kind of working on my stuff. Love it. And yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I have so many things that I want to ask you now because um, it's been, I don't know, four years or whatever, something like that, three or four years. Um, the, I would love for you to just kind of give people listening because I think, you know, you when you were on social media, it was like a little bit before – my time on social media or Nick's time, right? Like we were just kind of getting started then. Uh, I remember when I was working for you and my first like Twitter thread went viral, stuff like that. But I would love for you to just give some like context as to like what you've done so because you have done And, so and the much. context that I have is, and I'm fixing my mic over here, so bear with me, but the, the context I have is I remember, cause I was like, Logan's talking to me about, I used to work with this guy, you know, doing agency stuff, da, 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 but he never said your name. It's like, who was it? And he goes, Jared Getz, and I hope I, I hope I said that right. But you did. Uh, cool. And uh, so he tells me that I'm like the second fastest growing Shopify store behind Kylie Jenner. So yeah. I remember that from yeah, like the yeah, dropshipping yeah. days and like that that type of shit. Because I was in that space uh, a little bit, like my stores and whatever that never that never did well. I feel like everyone kind of touched dropshipping at some point. But that's the context that I have, that, and that's where I remember you from. But the agency stuff and all this other stuff you had going on. I had no clue because you weren't on social media, really. Yeah. You know, I, I got lucky, right? When you work hard and you have good energy, you tend to get lucky. Mm-hmm. I got lucky with a dropshipping business that allowed me to generate a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And remind me to tell you the story of how I actually physically manifested a Lamborghini through this process. I'll, I'll tell you about it. It's actually pretty crazy stuff, and it'll lead us <laughs> down to a bunch of different segues. But I got lucky. Um, I ended up kind of just following my instinct, what's next. And I got into coaching and info products and courses and, and masterminds. And, but it was, it was in an area where it didn't feel true to my intuition. Like I was also very in touch with myself. I was meditating regularly, going on long walks, you know, feeling how I feel as opposed to just numbing myself with social media and just moving forward with blindly. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was on the wrong path, but it was tough because I had, you know, 50 employees. We mm-hmm. were doing, you know, we had 25 salespeople doing, you know, 200 booked calls per day and we were making a lot of money. Wow. But it was, uh, that was on the coaching program. Yeah, it was in the coaching program okay. and we were, we were helping a lot of people. It was you know, a great program, but I didn't want to be the e-commerce guru. Like it just wasn't. I was like, I could be the e-commerce guru. I'm kind of the e-commerce yeah. guru, but it's just not intuitively who I wanted to be. So I took a big step back from social Got media. It. took a big step back from those things, kind of realigned my priorities, decided I want to build a real business. That's when, when I started building Zendrop. Mm-hmm. And since then, I just I, I know that I want to get back in that social media game. I, I have a lot of things I've learned that I could share with that generation that are mm-hmm. you know, your guys' age and younger. Um, but... I know that my path right now is I got to keep I got to keep my head down and keep working on what I'm working on. Yeah. Because then I'll be able to have a bigger impact. You know, we we've been talking before this pod, though, you know, we turn the cameras on and you were saying something about 
TikTok clips and stuff like that. You got a young guy that's that's helping you with that. And and you also say you, you still want to keep your head down. So like what's what's the balance there? Are you jumping back into social media? Are you not? How does that what does that look like? Yeah, I so I I met this kid. He's 17 mm-hmm. and he's uh he was actually a Zendrop client. Uh and he was like kind of trying to negotiate with us and another supplier and and my my head of business development was like hey i don't know what to do about this and i kind of was like hey man like you can go work with the other supplier or you can work with us but you can't just keep going back and forth i I kind of made our point clear and then he respected that a lot and he ended up um i i was trying to work on launching we were looking at google trends and noticed that drop shipping was growing in pakistan okay i wanted to launch like a, a drop shipping challenge in pakistan and uh, and Brian, the kid who I just hired, he I connected him with an influencer in Pakistan, and he was able to like negotiate, close the deal, get the ball rolling, all within like four hours. I like came back to like five hundred messages, and it was like very perfectly executed. So I was like, this kid's got something special. And I also have a desire to give back. I feel like you know one person could change the world. So if I can help someone who has a lot of potential, they could help someone else especially yeah. someone that age. And I also needed another right hand. Like when I had Logan around, it was like, you know, I was able to do so much more stuff and I, I haven't been able to find someone like you since. And um, so I reached out to, uh, you know, to Brian and I was just like, are you interested in, in moving out to San Antonio for a year and um, I'll mentor you in an exchange, you basically be my right hand. And anyway, he's very good at social media you know, he's in that world and mm-hmm. I'm going to be basically mentoring him and we're going to go on morning walks every morning. And on those walks, we're going to record the conversations and I'm going to start posting it. And if, if it catches on and you know, if people enjoy it, then great. If not, it's all good. At least I'll be able honestly, for me, it's like, I just want to capture this stuff for my son mm-hmm. when he's old enough to be able to watch yeah. it. So even if it doesn't <clears throat> catch like blow up on social media, I don't really care. But, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I think it will. I think it'll do really good. Thanks. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting how this happened as, as well. Yeah. Because we, we were sitting there, we're like, oh, what the fuck is going on? We're, we're just, we're trying to get to a million a month. And it's just, we're, we're hitting this roadblock over and over. And we realized it's like fulfillment. And we're like, who can we call? Who do we know? Because we know people, right? Who can we call? And I'm like, what about, what about Jared, man? Why don't you call Jared? And he goes... Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> might be a good idea. <laughs> so 100%. pick up pick up the phone, and then we had that conversation, which was really helpful. I appreciate you for uh, taking the time to do that. And now we're here. Yeah, and, and this is super cool. For sure, it's just like I was saying. It's like you guys are doing good things. If I can share my experience and it can help you continue to grow, that makes me happy. You know, I don't need to be financially compensated for it. You know, we'll we'll hook each other up. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear kind of a little bit about, because obviously when I was working for you, um, it was like very early, like startup days, and it sounds like it's growing a bunch. I would love to just hear a little bit about how Zen, like what Zendropt is for people who are unfamiliar with it, and then like how it's developed and what that looks like. Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot about the power of just staying in the game, and staying in the game long enough that possibilities line up and you know things start working you know so many people have have no patience they think that they should be you know they should just work a little bit and they should get these huge outcomes 
And it doesn't work that way. No. You know, you look at anyone successful. It took them a lot longer than you think. You only see the glory days, right? Um, anyway, Zen drops are dropshipping marketplace. Um, if you're a dropshipper, we're, we're the best fulfillment platform in the world. We have U.S. supply chain. We have an operation in China. And, um, yeah, we've, we have uh, over 800,000 Shopify stores now that have connected wow. to our platform. That's crazy. Yeah, and we stayed in the game long enough, and we created a good enough product. Like, I used to focus a lot on marketing. I thought that it was all about marketing. And then I realized that you got to focus on product because the marketing will follow naturally. And if you're a great marketer and your product's mm -hmm. not great, you're going to get a bunch of people in and then they're going to leave yeah. or they're going to talk bad about you. It's, it's, it's a conundrum. Mm -hmm. In the past, I thought it was all about marketing. So I started focusing really in the last couple of years on how do we make the best product. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much money it costs. We're already committed. So how do we make the best fucking product and that's what we've been focusing on and you know if you look at us now we have almost nine thousand five-star reviews we got like 4500 on shopify we got over four thousand on on trustpilot and the product speaks for itself and now we have thousands of people that post about us on social media and we get organically we're getting you know five to ten thousand signups a day so wow yeah it's and it's like signups every day or users per day user like signups for day. new people, new people wow yeah which is wild because i never expected it to grow like that i remember like when you lined up a bunch of the big influencers and it was like create like pandemonium like you marketed it too hard yeah early in back when i worked that's for you. a great point i used to market everything too hard <laughs> i used to think like because i'm a i'm a good marketer yeah. i like I, I just know how to get people to do something but i every company i've started i've grown too fast even Zendrop, I grew mm -hmm. too fast. Like you said, you know, we launched Zendrop and we went from like zero to like 100K the first month to like 500K the second month to like a million the third month. Meanwhile, we were not ready to handle all those customers. Yeah. And, and then also the pandemic hit and none of the flights from China were flying to the US, so we couldn't ship anything. So we launched basically into a brick wall. <laughs> and like going back, I probably would have like launched a little slower but, you know, you, you live and you learn. And, you know, now, now I know that product, product is, is, you know, is what comes first before marketing. That's a really interesting just like a thought because even, you know, we, we, we had that same, we've had that same discussion. I think it was like, November, December. We yeah, were, like, were like post, post Black Friday, like doing all this stuff. And we were like, fuck, we got to like really like just double down on product and then. And then we talked to you and we're like, fuck, we need to double down on product like Again. three times harder. <laughs> yeah. It was just a super funny, and it's funny hearing that for you with, with Zendrop. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like you, and you have five to 10,000 people signing up each day? Yeah, organically. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious with that. Did you stop everything else that you were doing on each of these phases. So like when you started coaching, did you stop the stores? And then when you, when you started Zendrop, did you stop the coaching and the stores or did you have other stuff running in the background? What does it, what does it look so like? So in the beginning, I had other things running in the background. Yeah. Now I'm a hundred percent on Zendrop. I did make some investments in the past that, sure. that give me income. Yep. Uh, you know, I pay myself a salary from Zendrop that doesn't cover my life expenses. Uh, I was fortunate to have earned cash in the past. So I'm comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I have some investments that kind of cover my, my burn in life. But I'm 100% focused on the business now. Gotcha. 
It's like I think of other things I could do, and then I'm like, well, if I sell my company for you know several hundred million dollars, the amount I could have made from these other things that I would have done would would be so small compared to. So you think that's the trajectory? Several several hundred mil. I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. we I can't get into too much confidential information, but sure. we are. I had a very eye-opening conversation with a firm that just sold one of their clients' businesses for over five hundred million. Wow. They're in a very similar position we're in, so you know. And it's that as you go, it's like your your possibilities grow. It's like mm -hmm. I never thought that, and then I never thought that, mm -hmm. and it's like that's the power of just staying in the game. You know, when you have no patience, when you're down low, you just gotta keep going. Yeah. You know, it's. It reminds it reminds me a lot of what like Alex Becker did, where. He did the he did the stores and the SEO and stuff, and then he went and sold the coaching, and then he kind of disappeared off social media. Obviously not nearly to the degree that you did, but then he, he launched Hyros, and then Hyros was just sold for, what, 100, 110, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people have the same realizations I had. Like, thing is, I was lucky to move past the first step fast. Most people never get to the first step, right? The first step is like, you make some money, you buy the fancy cars, you get the social media following. Everyone thinks that's the end goal. Mm -hmm. But when you get that, you realize, wait, I still kind of have an emptiness inside mm -hmm. of me. Didn't feel the emptiness. No. Right? And then you start to really do some, because at that point, you're like, what the fuck? Like, mm -hmm. I did all the stuff that I thought I needed to do. Right? Yeah. And then, then you kind of go to the next step, which is like <clears throat> trying to figure out what fills that void. But most people never make it to the first step. So I was fortunate to make it to that first step quickly. And then probably like Alex, I don't know Alex Becker personally, but he probably went through the same thing yeah. and realized, wait, I have all the cars, I have all the money, but wait, hold on, what does this, what does this mean? And he talks about that a lot. But most kids, most, I, I don't want to say kids, but most young adults never make it to the first step. And they spend their whole life trying to make it to the first step. When in reality, they could be focusing on things that would allow them to expand a lot faster and more. Um, they, they would feel better while doing it. So let's, I would love to talk about that because I feel like, you know, like we have, when we go back to Miami, we're not going home tonight. Like we're all going to a waterfront house in North Miami. That we rented. Us three, yeah. which is like our kind of like leadership team of our company, whatever. Uh, going there just to like, yeah, I think it's like good good for how you feel and, and mindset and a lot of that stuff I picked up from you and stuff like that. Like I just remember talking about it a lot or even like the first week, like I read your book and then it was like very congruent with the stuff you did. And I feel like a lot of people, um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people in the entrepreneur internet space, like they towed a lot of bullshit for like their reasons for success. But I feel like you genuinely like use that from, you know, even stuff we haven't talked about here, but like the event company and like the ups and downs. So I would love to hear, in your opinion, how do you skip, number one, how do you get to that first step fast? Or how do you get to the second step faster? Like, what does that look like for you personally? It's all about your inner game. Literally, it's like set, pick some habits and stick to them. Mm -hmm. Build discipline. Through discipline builds self-confidence. Through self-confidence builds an expansive mind mm -hmm. and the ability to see opportunities that you wouldn't have been able to see. And then through that, then you can kind of skip that first step, which is like kind of getting lucky with something, earning money. So I think it's all about eating right, 
meditation, exercise, habits, and routines. And like, that's what I've learned more recently in life. And through that, it's like, for example, I think meditation is like a deep rabbit hole we could dive into. Mm -hmm. Meditation has changed my life tremendously. Uh, you know, meditation is something that in practicing it, you uncover more to it than you thought was possible. And you keep going kind of deeper and deeper and you're, and you're seeing as you go deeper, the effects it has on your life. Mm -hmm. But in order to get there, you, you have to actually practice and you actually have to keep your habits and your routines. What a lot of people do is they'll listen to a podcast like this and they'll say, all right, I'm going to start meditating and running every day. And they're, they're super motivated. Maybe they did that or maybe they go listen to David Goggins and they're like, Fuck, I'm, I'm such a pussy. I'm going to go start running tomorrow, right? And then they, run, they get up tomorrow. They're motivated. They run. And then this next day they get up. They're kind of tired. They push past it. They go for a run. Third day, they're like, oh, my legs are sore. Or, I don't know, I'm going to rest today, right? And then they, like, sleep in. And then the fourth day, they've already now by sleeping in, they've, they've uh, solidified the neural pathway in their brain that says, oh, I don't need to, and, like, convinces them not to. So the next day, it's even easier to not do it. And then by that time, you've already not done it two days in a row. So I'll start again next week. And what happens is, is your subconscious is like, dude, what the fuck? We said we were going to do this, and mm -hmm. you couldn't even do this. So you don't feel worthy of success or receiving. Mm. So when an opportunity comes your way or a business conversation or, you know, whatever it may be, your subconscious is like, you couldn't even run for three days in a row. Who do you think you are being able to achieve this? And maybe your, your analytical mind is like, you know, damping that down and it's thinking about, you know, how are you going to do these opportunities? Mm -hmm. But your subconscious is what drives you. Your sub subconscious is what... Uh, really directs you to your end goal. Mm -hmm. So when your subconscious doesn't feel worthy because you couldn't keep promises to yourself, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to create. So I think it, it's like picking good habits and sticking to them and also understanding what happens when you don't stick to them, which is what I'm just talking about. Like yeah. Understanding the detriment of not being true to yourself. Did, did you ever have a problem with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I still struggle with it every day. You know, it's not, there's no perfection by any means. Is, is meditation your main, like, route out of that? Like, realizing and, t like, taking, like, a 360 view of everything? Is that what it gives you? So, for me, if I meditate, I, I'm much more likely to stick to my other habits. Got it. Right? Because, especially if it's first thing in the morning, I, you sit in meditation and your, your mind's like, oh, how much longer are we sitting here for? Or, like, uh, you know, your, your leg hurts, you should move, and... Right, and you're just kind of, no, I don't need that right now. No, you're, you're taming your animalistic body, all right? And then if you want to go, you know, you say you're going to exercise, you're going to, all those excuses are going to be less loud in your brain. So you're gonna, it's going to be much more likely that you do those mm -hmm. other things. But another thing is, like, don't overcommit to habits, right? If, if you're like, oh, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to run, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm not going to drink, I'm going to go to sleep at night, I'm going to, you know, once, the problem is once you break a habit, your brain is made up of neural pathways. And if you'd make a habit, that gets stronger. If you break a habit, that gets stronger. And then it's easier to continue down that path. So I think it's more important to pick a handful of habits. That you can actually or do. one, right, that you can do. And in doing so, you're strengthening the neural pathways of staying true to yourself. And then you stack the habits on. So instead of doing all these things, like commit to reading one page a day or commit to meditating for five minutes a day. It's like, it's like getting the prospect to say yes over and over on the, on the phone yeah. until, until they say yes to the product, right? Yeah.
similar. Yeah. You know, I, I was trying to um, get my assistant to read a book, and he's like, I, you know, I just keep not doing it for some reason. I'm like, just commit to reading one page per day. You'll, you, you could easily do that. If you can't do that, then you shouldn't be here. <laughs> and, and if you do that, you're going to likely read 10 pages or 15. It's just yeah. getting started. Sorry. My mom, she used to want to, to go for walks, but she kept breaking her promises to herself. So I'm like, just put on your socks and then just put on your shoes and then just walk out the door. And now you're walking. And it's like way simpler when you just think, I just got to put my socks on. Okay, I just got to put my shoes on. But people project their future anxieties into the present moment by overthinking what that looks like. And they don't stick to any of those things that they're doing. So meditation for me allows me to have a better chance of not breaking promises to myself. Question on meditation. This is something I'm very curious about. Because obviously I think we've all heard of meditation, right? Anyone listening to this, I've heard of it, whatever. But I've never understood. Obviously, everyone has their own way of doing things, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I, meditation, from my research, is definitely one of those things, right? Not something I've ever gotten super deep into. How do you meditate? How did you start? Like, what's your process for it? And how are you making it valuable? Great question. Uh, and I will say that it, it evolves a lot over time. Uh, so most people, when they meditate, they're doing guided meditations, like whether they're listening to Joe Dispenza or, mm -hmm. you know, someone else that they have their headphones in. And I think that, you know, when you're doing a guided meditation, it's, it's typically like not like super complicated stuff. It's not like 50 steps. It's like four steps, right? It's like maybe you're focusing on your heart and then you're focusing on your breath and then you're, you know, whatever it is. It's typically pretty simple. Yeah. So I think it's important to do these guided things. I think it's important to read and understand what you're actually doing. Problem is language is a byproduct of separation. So it's limiting on your ability to communicate what those outcomes are, especially when it comes to meditation. The epiphanies and the downloads you get are so much more powerful than what language allows you to communicate yeah. that in listening to language, you're actually limiting yourself on what you can experience. Uh, with that said, I do think that learning through reading or through events or through guided meditations is very important. But once you get to a point where you can kind of understand what's going on, I don't do guided meditations anymore. I do my... I, I kind of like cherry picked my favorite routines. I, I really love Joe Dispenza. I was just at one of his retreats last week in Very Columbia. Cool. And um, I do about an hour of meditation every morning. Uh, and it's, it starts with a little bit of breath work. And I won't get into like, we could get into it, but you know, I, we'll see where we want to go with it. But okay. I, it's, it's really to, to activate your, your pineal gland, yep. which is Understood. changes a lot of things. Right. And then, um, then, I focus on opening my heart, which is really what blocks energy from flowing for about five to 10 minutes until I feel good enough. Yep. The, the problem with guided meditations is the whole time your ego is judging, when is this, when is this section going to be over? Or, uh, you know, wait, I want to stay there longer. You don't even have time to think. Yeah. Well, you, and, you're, and you're judging the guided meditation, which pulls you away from the meditation. So I kind of sit there as long as it feels right. And then I move on. And I activate each of my energy centers. And in doing so, I have a lot of just downloads of knowledge. And I feel like I believe that my health is more in sync because of it. I feel like I have more sustained energy through the day. So that, that's my current practice I, right I now. I love that. I want to I try it. Like, how, how should I get started? All right. So um, this, this is derived from what I've learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay. Um, he, you know, you can actually look up. He, he teaches I'm familiar with him, yep. 
Yeah, there's this breath that, that he teaches where you're basically, you're bringing your energy from, you're actually bringing your cerebral spinal fluid up your spine and dinging your pineal gland. Your pineal gland has crystals on it. And when the crystals get compressed, it turns your pineal gland into a transducer. You can feel the energy going up your spine, right? Like, yeah. You like I, I, can, I can pull my energy up. Yeah. Right? Like I can feel it. So, yeah. And, and as I, I've you do done, stuff, you get better at it too. I've done some breath stuff in the, in the past like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And as you practice it, it's a practice, right? It's like working out. If you go and do squats your first day, you're going to be sore yeah, as yeah, fuck yeah. the next day. And you're not going to be able to do more than like 100 pounds, but do it for six months. You could be like this guy. So anyway, it's a practice. You get better at it. Mm -hmm. So the first step is the breath where you're essentially activating your pineal gland. Your pineal gland is a, a transducer, which means it could emit and receive radio waves. You know, it sounds crazy, but it's also nope. crazy that I could open my phone and see someone in China on, in real time through wireless, you know, yep. satellites in the space, whatever. Anyway, the, the, fact, the fact that your pineal gland is a transducer is a lot less crazy than some of that stuff. But for some reason, people don't understand this. Um, anyway, that's the first step because now you're attuning yourself to be able to put out and receive. And you do that for five of those breaths. And then I focus my attention. Next, I focus my attention on my heart. Just basically, literally, you know, if you sit there right now and you bring your awareness to your right hand, you could feel that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Feel your right hand just with your mind. Just bring your attention there. You're just mm -hmm. bringing your energy there, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole practice is about bringing your energy to different places. So I was gonna say before you said it, it's like a ball of energy. Like yeah, you feel your hand radiating when, yeah, you, yeah, when yeah. you feel when you do that. So first step is you focus on the center of your chest and you just focus your attention there. Your energy's there. It's it's opening this mm -hmm. part of you. I like to then once I feel yeah, you know, I've I've been there for maybe five or ten minutes, I think of something that I feel grateful for. You know, maybe it was like something simple like laying in bed with my dogs and my wife, you know, the night before something that just makes me feel good. And then I sit with that for a few minutes and then I just go from, you know, each energy center there, you have eight of them starting at your root all the way to the one above your head. And I just go through each one. It's like first one. And then I go to the second one and then I go to the first and second one at the same time. And then I do the third one. I'm going to do the first, second, and third at the same time. So the same way you focus on your, your heart, yep. you focus on those. Yep. And then I do the fourth one, and then first, second, third, fourth at the same time. And then I do the fifth one, first, second, third, fourth, fifth at the same time, sixth, you know, and All so on until the last. And it's like, if you're, if you can turn off your analytical mind, if your brain goes from, you know, beta to alpha, where your brain waves get slower, and you can experience this, you'll eventually have you know, what you can call like a mystical experience, something that's like, whoa, that was cool. And then it encourages you to, to do it again. And now I, I'm at a point where like every morning I have an experience that's like, uh, like pretty much insane. And I've been seeing that, I don't know what, like how to describe what's happening or why, but since I started this practice, I've been able to connect with people at a deeper level. I've been able to focus more. Mm. I've been able to just kind of like receive the answers I need and whether it's, you know, I don't know what's scientifically happening, but for me, it's a, it's a, at least it's a great way to tame my mind, you know, and, and, and have some discipline. Understood. That's amazing. I'm going to try it. I, when I did that. you, when did you start doing and, all and of that? Obviously it sounds like it had a really positive effect on business as well. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, uh, I started, so 
I started my first company back when I was like 19. I used to throw concerts mm-hmm. and um, I did well. And then I created my own show. There wasn't there like a lawsuit there or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I created the world's largest phone party. It was called Electric <laughs> Flurry. You guys can look it up. It's mm-hmm. still on YouTube. Like it was actually pretty cool. Um, but I ended up booking this arena at the Mullen Center at UMass Amherst. And we didn't sell enough tickets. I lost all my money, and I lost this investor's money. There was this kid. Uh, I forgive him now, but I'm still a bit resentful. This kid inherited, <laughs> I won't drop any names, he inherited $50 million from his dad. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be a famous DJ. So I was like, all right, cool. If you invest in the show, I'll put you on the main stage. Great. He invested 50 grand. We lost all the money. Couldn't pay him back. And then his trust fund manager basically forced him to sue me. So, and he sued me for punitive damages and all this bullshit, basically for $250,000. And I had, I was 23. I had $0, literally $0 in my bank account. And I had to move back in with my mom. And, and it was tough because I grew up with a single mom, only child. And, you know, through building these shows, I had built this kind of, the way I viewed myself as like, oh, I was this successful young guy. But now I'm living in my mom's apartment with no money. So like my reality did not meet my standards, which was very painful. It was very painful. And I started by, uh, I read a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And it was a story of this kid who who went to college as a professional athlete or as a college athlete. And he met this gas station attendant who like was the, the peaceful warrior or whatever. And he learned all these lessons about life um, about meditation, about running, about you know treating yourself well, about taking things slow, and I started basically just like getting up earlier, like trying to not be depressed, and just going for a run every morning. And right when I started that practice, a couple of days later, the next opportunity popped into my life, which was, um, you guys remember Yik Yak? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I obviously no. Yeah, you know the, the I I, know I remember some us, like so. old because yeah. because when I was doing like dropshipping and stuff, I discovered some of your stuff, everyone's stuff out there, right? Yeah. And I had remembered that like you did yik yak, and then something with the stores happened, and you were yeah, driving yeah, yeah. across the country, and then yeah, I'll get into that. Story. Yeah, yeah, that one's a good one. Anyway, right when I started the personal development work, a company emailed me. They're called Yik Yak. A lot of people probably yeah. heard of it. Um, they raised the $10 million Series A, and they're like, hey, we want to sponsor your shows. And I'm like, well, I don't have any shows now, but <laughs> I was like, I can probably help these guys. So I yeah. just got on a call with them, and I just told them what I think they should do. Long story short, they were like, can you come do this for us, basically? And I was like, I don't know. I've never had a job before, and I'm really not interested in having a job. And um, Anyway, it led. It was a it was a great thing that came to me, but it came after starting the personal work, and that was mm-hmm. kind of like, that was my first step was just going on runs in the morning, and then before I started Yik Yak, I got a book called The Eight Minute Meditation. I started. I was like, what's up with meditation? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of interested in learning more, and um, you know, my journey started kind of slow, and then in the last five years, it kind of got faster. I went to a bunch of events and retreats and. You know, in the last, like, two years, it's, like, been going exponentially yeah. faster after I started, like, plant medicine journeys and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's, that's how I got started. I love it. I, I, I just love it because, obviously, knowing a lot of this, like, backstory, I feel like there's so many people that, like, they'll, they'll tout these things, but it, like, never actually help them. You know what I mean? It's, like, guys will, like, abuse caffeine and, and make a bunch of money, and then it's, like... 
oh, I, like, you need to wake up every morning and, like, go for a walk. You know what I mean? It's, like, very <laughs> fake. But I know that your uh, routines, like, really did lead to a lot of, of your benefit and success and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and so with, with now, so what, do you, what are you kind of working on? I mean, you Zen drop, you've got a baby coming. Like, what, is, what does life look like now? For you, for me, my life is very. Um, yeah, I live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in like a really safe, gated community. I have an office like ten minutes from my house, walking. And I walk through the golf course every morning. Um, I have a gym in my home. I got the sauna, the cold plunge, the biohacking room. I'm sure you've seen the mm-hmm. biocharger and like all that cool shit. Yeah. And um, I just try to live a routine life. I think that. By building a routine, uh, you can kind of, it's like if you want to build a building, if you don't have the foundation and the structure, it's very hard to build on top of it. So for me, having a routine, um, you know, where I I kind of know what I'm going to be eating, I know what time I'm getting up, I know when I'm working out, it's like it allows me to kind of focus on those next things. But a lot of people don't have any foundation. They're just, they just want those things and they go for it and they crumble down all the time. So Mm -hmm. I just have a very, you know, routine life right now um and i want to be an example for my son that's like that's the main thing so that's what that's what keeps me you know keeping me going i love it and you got a couple months have you like have you made any big changes since you were going to or found out you're going to be a father um really i mean not not really my madeline my wife is Mm -hmm. so she's the opposite of me she's like you know, the day after I proposed, she got her dress. Like, I didn't know what I was wearing to the wedding until, like, a week before. You know, she's, like, when we found out we were having a baby, she, like, we, you know, she wants to get the room done, the crib, all that shit. Like, I wouldn't have gotten any of that until, like, a week before he was here. <laughs> so she's pretty much got that stuff on lock. Um, not, I'm not, I haven't changed much, really. I mean, I have taken time to, like, truly think about the fact that there's, like, cells splitting into a human being that came from me. And it's like pretty fucking wild to think about it. You know, it's like one thing to just like say it. Yeah. But it's like, I've spent like 20 minutes on a walk, just like, how the hell, like how the hell is this possible, right? So, you know, but I haven't really changed much, honestly. I love it, yeah, probably. Cause it's, it's really interesting. I think that the year that I was working for you, like I, I told you this on, when we talked on the phone the other day, but. I really think that I'm probably a lot better now that I'm like doing well and like making money, whatever, having had that experience. Cause like I got to sort of absorb some of the secondhand maturity yeah. of you kind of already being how, over. How old were you when that was going on? 20, 20 when I started. So you were 28? Well, I'm 32, I was probably 29. 29, 30. Got you. Yeah, I will say that, you know, for anyone listening, um, the reason why I hired you was because when you took the personality test, you had a very low narcissism and a very high trustworthiness, which means as long as you're not an asshole or you're not stupid, like with those two qualities, you could kind of like, I, from, from a narcissism perspective, you're not trying to take my seat, right? You're not trying to like, you know, work behind the scenes to try to take over my shit. Mm-hmm. And from a trustworthiness perspective, I know you always be honest with me. Yeah. So, but most people don't have those qualities. Most people are like trying to figure out how to, how do they like work the situation to make it the best for them. 
but you weren't like that. And in being the way you are, you're going to be very successful because you're genuine and you can connect with people at that level. So the, the, those were the two traits that were interesting, you know, super important to me. Yeah, I had to take a personality test. We should have done that in our last round of hiring. Next time. Yeah. We've got to remember That's, that. That is one thing that I really took away from working for you, too, is like not – it seems like everybody that you had on the team then, and I'm sure now as it's grown a bunch, you said you had like what, like 50 employees now? Yeah. Zendrop. Uh, one thing I really took away from that is, is like – you weren't going out to try to get, like you never really hired skill sets for the most part, it seemed like. Like it almost seemed like you really um, were taking people that had that like trust and loyalty and like molding them into what you wanted more so than. Yeah, it depends on what phase you're in the company. Like yeah. in the beginning of a company, it's really important to have that camaraderie and like, you know, you don't need to, well, first of all, you can't afford to hire the experts, right? Like if you want to hire like, <laughs> the best software developer you're spending 400 grand a year mm -hmm. back then couldn't afford that. So it's about building people that have your values that you can trust that you can build on and figuring shit out. And then as the company grows, you know, the beginning of the company is like find product market fit and don't die. Right. <laughs> and it's like, if you have people that you can trust, you kind of make it past that stage. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is like kind of when you get to that 10 employee mark to like the 50 employee mark, where you can start taking in a few people based on skill sets, but it's really still building that culture. And then kind of where we got to now in like the 40, 50 plus employee range is when we found product market fit. We have a brand that people know, like, and trust. Now we want to bring in the best people possible. So now we're just trying to hire the most badass people when it comes to any of the, you know, we're, we're trying to build out more verticals now. So we're, we're doing drop shipping, we're launching print on demand. I just announced that on my Instagram a couple days ago. Uh, we're looking to get into payment processing. So now when we hire, we're looking for like the best of the best people. I don't give a shit what they cost. Like, because we're profitable and it's like, as you grow in revenue, the ratio of each person's, like if we're only doing $5 million in revenue, paying someone 500 grand a year, that's, you know, 10% of our revenue. Yeah. But when you're doing you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you can afford to pay for better people. And then the output you get from those better people, the opportunity cost of not wasting time doing things the wrong way, uh, and being able to bring experience from other companies to, to your company. Yeah. Once you get to like that 40, 50 plus employee range, then it's all about hiring the best skill sets. But when you were around, it was about, you know, people that I trusted that I can kind of mold into the seats we needed. Yeah. That's I want to I want to understand the gap cuz Logan talks about when he worked for you you had a bunch of cars taking the Lamborghini to get detailed or something yeah. um stuff like that. So what was the that time period between 23 and 29 and what happened? Obviously Yik Yak happened and yeah. did the drop shipping stuff, but I want to understand the transitions and how your mind was working. For sure. So I was with Yik Yak for about 2 years. Um so it's like yeah. you're like 25 I was like 24, 25, yeah. Okay. And it was, a, it was a job. Like I got paid a salary. I had some stock option in the company. Yeah. But it was super fun because uh, I got to basically travel around the world. I lived in Australia for two months, New Zealand for two months, England, Ireland. And is that what you wanted out of this, like the freedom aspect? Or did you always want your own thing? Um, I always wanted my own thing, but like it kind of felt like my own thing at Yik Yak because I was like 
running all that stuff. You myself. know what Yik Yak is, right? Yeah, Yik? it was it was a social media app for like college campuses. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It was like Twitter, but local and anonymous. Yeah. So like we basically, my objective was to go to universities and get a thousand downloads, no matter how I had to do it. Long story short, we ended up like boiling down the formula and realized that the cheapest way to get a download on a campus was to give people a pair of Yik Yak socks in order to download the app. So like we would just fly to these universities all around the world with huge bags of socks and just like, anyway, it was really fun, amazing experience. You know, I got to grow a lot. Like my people skills got much more comfortable because I was talking to like hundreds of kids with throwing parties. It was a, a lot of fun. Uh, but while I was at Yik Yak, I was uh, living, living at Spring Break at Lake Havasu, which was fucking wild. Uh, my friend was in China and he was like, he found this product and he's like, this product could go super viral. He's like, let me call Jared and get his opinion on the product. So he calls me, he's like, dude, I got to send you one of these products. And why did he call you? Cause obviously there's some history there. Because I was, you know, I had built my concert company and I'm now like running the marketing for Yik Yak. So okay. he just understood that I was a pretty good marketer. Got it, got it. And he sent me one of these products in the mail. Like I got it like two weeks later and it was this big heavy box and I'm living at Lake Havasu, like at the, at which is like the West coast party, like spring break party place. Basically okay. everyone from the West coast goes there. I'm living at college spring break. I get this box in the mail. I open it up and it's a hoverboard, but it was before anyone had ever seen hoverboards. So I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Like <laughs> no way this is going to work. Right. I plug it in and I get on it and I'm like, Ooh, you know, like try to catch my balance. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And like, I have like six people in my room and they're all like, what the fuck? Like, what is that thing? And I'm like, I'm like zooming it around the room and I'm like, this is crazy. Like how this physically should not work. And then I start riding it around like Lake Cavasu, like uh, just the sidewalks and drunk kids from all over the place are like, yeah, like what is that? <laughs> Running over to me. And like, yeah. how much was that? Where'd you get it? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. My friend just sent it to me. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I gotta start selling these things. Like everyone is asking me where to get one. So I started, I was at, I was at spring break for about a month. Mm -hmm. I started waking up and going to Starbucks at seven and building a Shopify store. Yeah. And I found a supplier that can drop ship the products to my end customer and um, basically printed out business cards and started riding this thing around everywhere. And just anyone asked me, hey, get it right here, get it right here. And I started selling like two or three of these things a week. So you think you were the first one selling? I was Those like in this country? The second one. Okay. There was like one other brand that was before me. Be before you continue, it's super interesting to me to hear how organic it happened. Because I always feel like the things that naturally just become bigger, like when we're first getting started, like for me it was Instagram theme pages. But I didn't, I didn't start the whole – I didn't decide I want to do online business, say Instagram theme pages. I was like, I'm going to drop ship. And I stuck in that mindset for nine months, and it didn't work for me, right? Like I, I just wasn't getting it. But I organically – kind of got into theme pages and it happened and this opportunity almost you know fell in your lap you weren't looking for to drop ship you weren't looking for the next product you weren't on any of these websites like oh this is the hot product you were just yeah. you're just there and you're like oh this might be a good you know money making opportunity and it's super interesting to me because i feel like a lot of people have a similar story like well, that where it just comes to you the, again the universe is filled with unlimited possibilities of outcomes like for example like a bird can fly into the window right over there and like, you know, it could break the window and then like, you know, some security guard could go run and like knock over a camera and it's like, there's unlimited possibilities. So for you to have any expectation of how things are gonna unfold, like who, who do you think for you sure, are, for sure. right? It's like, 
It's impossible. If there's unlimited possibilities, <laughs> anything over infinity is infinity yeah. or zero. Whatever it is, it's impossible. I forget the numbers. But <laughs> anyway, this shit unfolded basically. Yep. Um, started, you know, passing out these, these business cards. And I was selling like two or three hoverboards per week. And I was making like $1,000 on each one, which was more money than I was making wow. at my salary at Yik Yak. Mm-hmm. So I left my job. Um, I had a business partner at the time, uh, Jack McCall. He was like a professional snowboarder and he like, you know, posted it on his social media and a bunch of people started buying it. And he introduced me to all these influencers in LA, like Nash Greer and Hayes Greer and like all these other kids with like five, 10 million followers. And we basically blew up the hoverboard scene. Um, we didn't have a patent on the product, so it was like a short lived dream. We couldn't keep going. Yeah. It did lead me to a conversation with Mark Cuban, which was cool because he was buying the patent on, on hoverboards and mm-hmm. we had built a brand that was very recognizable. So he wanted to get on a call with us and I did speak to him and kind of a funny story. It was, it was October. So we're in Q4, like going into the hottest time of the year and we're selling a shitload of hoverboards and Mark Cuban calls me and he's, we get on a call for like 15 minutes. He's like, Hey man, like I, I love the brand you've built. Um, I'm interested in working with you. But I'm not buying the patent until next year. And my terms are that we can work together if you stop selling your cheap, your cheap Chinese knockoff hoverboards. Like until, right now. Yeah, like right now. Which is Q4. Which was like, yeah, it was like going Prime into time. like, yeah, like I could have made millions of dollars. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, what do I want to do? Like, I really want to make money, but like, when else am I going to get a chance to work with Mark Cuban? And I love Mark Cuban. I was like a huge fan of Mark Cuban. So made the very difficult decision to take the store down, stop selling them. And then he never ended up getting the patent on the product. So it was just a waste of time. (laughs) How much, how how many millions of dollars do you think you missed out on? Several, (laughs) several millions. Um, but it was okay. So I ended up going out to China to go. I wanted to find what's the next viral product. Like this is Mm. crazy. And I went out there and I found those inflatable loungers, you know, the ones you like wave through the air and they like, fit in a little bag and you can yeah. lay on them. Very viral product. And uh, long story short, I started importing them. I was selling to major retailers. I was on Amazon, on Shopify. We were at music festivals. We had teams all over the country selling these things. And it was great, but we were we kept running into like limitations based on inventory. So like we couldn't sell more than what we had. And every time we ran out, we had to send hundreds of thousands of dollars to China wait for the product to get in, hope that everything was fine. And uh, then I'll, basically one day we were at a trade show in Dallas and we were selling this product to like all these big retailers. And I was talking to people for three days straight and I was exhausted. And I was like, I got to fly back the next morning at 7 a.m. and I'm in bed and it's like midnight and I get a ding on my phone and it was an email and it said, how to sell products without ever seeing or touching them? I was like, damn, that sounds really interesting. But I'm like, fuck, I'm tired. I'm like, oh, it's like, I got to get to sleep. I got to be up at like five tomorrow, four or five. And I'm like, whatever, let me just click the email. And it was the best thing I've ever done. I clicked that email. I watched a one hour webinar on what drop shipping was, mm-hmm. on how you can go find products on AliExpress and you can build a store. And uh, I, I was like, holy shit. Do you know who it was from? It was from a guy named John Mack. Okay. I'm actually... I still talk to him now, like we're friends, but ended up like blowing my mind. I was like, no way, this is too crazy. So I got to the airport the next day at four o'clock in the morning. I built my first drop shipping store 
And that was the store that scaled from zero to two million in 60 days. But I did, so do you want me to roll with the story? Yeah, let's keep going. It's pretty interesting. I'm, right? so, I'm, I've heard it briefly before on some yeah. of the other things you talked about, but I, I would love to hear it again. So I'm going to talk about how I physically manifested a Lamborghini. This is kind of <laughs> when it happened. Uh, at the time, I was like, I was just getting by. Like, I had these brands, but, like, I was living in L.A. I had a warehouse rent. Like, you know, I had a business yeah. partner. And, like, at the end of the day, I wasn't really making much money. I had, like, a couple thousand dollars in my bank account. It was, like, floating me by. And um, so we were living in L.A., my wife and I. She wasn't my wife at the time. But we're like, let's move to Florida. It'll be easier. It's cheaper. And we're kind of sick of L.A. And I was like. Basically, you know, I had to go drive for five days. But before my drive, my friend uh, Brett Lockett, he was a former NFL player, he's, and I, I, was, I always looked up to him. He was a great guy. He's like, I'm going to this Tony Robbins event. You should come. And I was like, I don't know anything about Tony Robbins, but sure, why not? It's like three days long. And I learned a lot at that event. I, it's, I highly recommend that to young entrepreneurs. Um, but at the event, we did this, uh, this meditation, essentially, where you visualize yourself as somebody in your life that really loves and cares about you genuinely. And I, I imagine myself as my aunt because she always wants the best for me. And then you're, you're basically this person and you're walking into your future life. You're looking in the driveway, you're admiring your future car, you're walking up the, the, into the house, you're looking at the photos on the wall, you're admiring the family, you're admiring the home. And then you walk upstairs and you walk into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and it, the whole time it was you. It was like a really powerful exercise because we have trouble really loving ourselves because we resent a lot of the things we do. But if you imagine yourself as someone else, you could actually have those feelings toward yourself. Long story short, I get in my, my car to drive from L.A. to Florida. And my drop shipping store, you know, it, it did like $500 in sales that day, which was like kind of good for me. I made like $200 this in is, profit. Just to clarify, like that was, you'd set it up the night before, right? I had set it up like three days before and okay. it was like just kind of getting started. It was like doing $500 and then, that day. The and then you decided to the drive. There's three days. Yeah. Basically in between. Three Got days it. Before. Yeah. And this is when it blew up. So yeah. So the, the store was doing like $500 a day for like three or four days in a row. And it was, I was pretty stoked about it. Cause it was like, brand new store. Yeah. I'm like making like $200 a day doing nothing essentially. Anyway, I had that meditation. I learned a lot about energy. I get in the car. I feel like a new version of myself. Cause I'm like all hyped up. And uh, first day on the drive, I like had this idea. I'm like, what if we double our ad sets? And like, you know, I just, I don't remember what the idea was, but I called the guy who was running my Facebook ads and I'm like, let's try this. And he's like, all right, first day on the drive, my store does $2,000 in sales. So I'm like, holy shit, it's crazy. I made like, you know, close to $1,000 in profit today. That was like the, almost the most money I've ever made. And then next day, store does $7,000 in sales. And I'm like, I'm with Madeline. I'm like, yo, do you see this shit? $7,000 doing nothing? I'm like, this is impossible. Like, don't tell anyone about this. I'm like, made like $3,500 in profit. I'm like, just don't say anything. And third day, we do like, I think it was like 15000 And I'm like, oh. And, and the whole drive, I'm getting these downloads of like what to do. And I'm, I'm like, just like, oh, shit. Like, that makes sense. Let me call this guy. Let me do this. And I'm like, just totally clear. I'm driving, you know, my brain is kind of just like, you're just thinking, you're not distracted, just thinking with this new energy. And I think, do you think that's a form of meditation? For sure. For sure. Long drives, I think are amazing. 
Anyway, 15 grand that day, like 7,000 in profit. And I'm like, like, thank you, God. <laughs> uh, I know that's too good to be true. So like, whatever. <laughs> Third day, I did 35 grand in sales. And I'm pro- I profit almost $20,000. And I'm telling Matt, and I'm like, we do not tell a soul about this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is between us. <laughs> and then the last day of the drive, I broke 50,000 in sales with like 25,000 in profit. And yeah. now I've like doubled, my, you know, way more than doubled my bank account on that drive. Anyway, I'm like, there's no way this could continue. This is too good to be true. I must have caught a glitch on Facebook. Like, because what happened was that I massively outperformed what I thought was possible. You know, in mm. other people's lives, 50 grand a day is normal. For me, that was like a thousand times more than I thought was normal. Yeah. So it's, for me, I was like, this is not possible. Like, this is too good to be true. But it continued onwards for, for months. And then about 60 days later, I had to drop off Madeline to like do someone's hair. She was a hairstylist, so she was doing someone's hair at a wedding. And I was like, I can go drive home or I could just wait for her for like an hour. I'm like, let me just like flick through cars.com. You know, I got all this cash now. And um, <laughs> I like found this, this dealership like five minutes away that had all these, these exotics. And I went there and I was like, wow, these are cool. And then I ended up buying this gray Lamborghini like on the spot in cash. I like negotiated with them and I like bought it that day. And then two weeks later, I was driving it and it hit me. That was the exact same car that I had in the meditation at the Tony Robbins event when I was visualizing my driveway. And I was like, holy shit, like that went from a, a thought emotion behind it to now it's in my life in a, I, in a in a series of almost impossible events that led to it and that's when i realized like there's a lot more that what we can do than what we yeah. think we can do and that was like my first time i like really manifested something how else did your life change during that time because it almost seems it's not it's not a zero to 100 right but it seems like that right in regards to you're feeling really good about $500 days. Yeah. Even after the whole hoverboard was successful. Yeah. So how else did your life change besides the Lamborghini and stuff like that? Did you change your lifestyle in any other manner besides yeah. moving to Florida? Yeah. I ended up getting uh, I ended up getting a condo in Singer Island on the beach, which was really cool, like beautiful. Um, I, I was really into personal development at that point because like, okay. my life changed so much. And I decided I wanted to double down and like, create more stores and yeah um yeah my lifestyle changed um not proportionally to how much money i had made though like i was still i wasn't like spending as much as i was making not even close uh but i really just started doubling down on like the meditations on you know getting up for the sunrise bring yeah. my coffee down to the beach uh and just learning about because i because yeah i was like i rode a high for like months i ended up going back out to China and I was traveling Asia by myself and I was having a blast and like, but I got home and I was still had this like, like I felt proud and like confident, but I still had this like emptiness. Yeah. I'm like, how? Like I'm doing all the shit. I'm traveling. I got the cars. Like I'm working out. I'm healthy. I'm a good relationship. Like, what more is there? Like, why do I still have this kind of emptiness? I kept filling it with more money, you know, launching the course, launching the mentorship program, launching the masterminds, the business, I had the notoriety of speaking on stages. And that's kind of when I realized like, you know, it's, it's, it's about the simple shit. It's about being great, grateful each day. It's about meditating. And, and as I've been working on my inner world, my outer world's been getting better and better. So yeah. that was the lesson I learned. It was like, 
It all started with the inner world at the Tony Robbins event, which had a massive, immediate, immediate effect yeah. on my life in an almost impossible way. And then since then, I've been working on the inner world and kind of my outer world has been shaping around it. And you've basically further just doubled down on the inner world with all the meditation and the continued just like habits and, and Yeah, and I, I really got, I guess I started doing um, these plant medicine journeys recently, which were like, like, what is that? Like mushrooms, ayahuasca? What does that look like? So I go to a place that um, they have this medicine that they don't disclose to you what it is. Okay. Apparently, it's like a very, um, like, highly protected medicine. It was referred to me by a very high-level friend I have, and it's like all CEOs and, like, leaders, and it costs, like, 40 grand to go do it. And, um, and it's a combination of, of different compounds, I think. So I don't know what it is. I, I have done quite a bit of psilocybin. Mm -hmm. I've microdosed a lot. I haven't done ayahuasca yet, but uh, you go to this place and you take this medicine and you're basically like laying down. You have a voice recorder on you and like you just get total clarity on life. Mm -hmm. And then you record your whole kind of session. The whole thing takes six hours, but it feels like 10 minutes. It's amazing. And, um, and then afterwards you take your voice recording and you transcribe it. So you type it all out. It's like, I like 20 to 40 pages of typing and then you go through it with a coach and you figure out kind of like the profound nuggets from it but for me I like I expected to have these like crazy epiphanies but all the epiphanies I had were actually just deeper understandings of the basic shit like letting go like not being so attached to outcomes like family like loving people around you you know like the basic shit that gets clouded with all the other stuff and I just understood that stuff deeper and that's been you know people are looking for these, these crazy secrets and it's like you have everything you need in front of you like be a good person like be nice to other people be compassionate it, give good vibes you know you get good vibes back like mm -hmm. it's pretty simple and that the, the plant medicine allowed me to like realize that that's really what fills the, fills the void it's just like the basic shit letting go of, of like expecting things to happen certain ways which cause because nothing ever expect happens the way you expect it to and um yeah th those were kind of the main takeaways of it that's awesome i uh you know i think that like the you know it's tough it is like it's very simple and like your like habits routine letting go like being grateful like all these things they are very simple but i think also they can't like they're very simple but they're not easy Right. And I think, too, like a lot of uh, young guys that do have ambition, maybe it just gets kind of lost in the weeds. You know, you kind of get stressed, you get things hit you. But you having actually done that and, and navigated those things like what what would you say to, you know, maybe a young guy? Because that's primarily what our audience is, I would assume, mm -hmm. um, you know, a young guy who does want to get through like that phase one and be able to whip their gray hurricane and and do these things but like how do they how do they make sure they are able to do all those things yeah i think that what it all boils down to is your energy your frequency your vibration and that didn't mean anything to me for a long time mm -hmm. like now it finally does like the way you vibrate the way the vibe you give off creates your whole life like you ever meet someone and you're like, I just like, I just love that guy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's the man. And typically those people tend to also be very successful, right? Because they're attracting a lot of good things into their lives. And then you yeah, obviously you've met someone who looks like they've just been like 
fucking jerking off and like <laughs> scrolling on fucking YouTube too long and like they're just like pessimistic about shit and like but in their brain they're like fuck I wish I had that fucking Lamborghini like oh maybe one day like go jerk off again <laughs> like right and they have a very low vibration yeah so you don't want to be that guy right you want to be the, the other guy the guy who gives off the good vibration and the only way to do that really is through habits it's through rituals you know I think Social media is inevitable. You're going to have it. You're going to be on it. You know, it's part of life at this point. But be responsible with it. Like, don't wake up and start scrolling first thing in the morning. Replace that with meditation first thing in the morning. You know, go on a long walk and visualize. I think, you know, a, a very key piece of information is understanding the power of discipline and a vision. That's, that's really what creates your outcome, right? Discipline is extremely important because... It creates your self-confidence. Mm -hmm. So like understanding the negative effects of not, of not sticking to your disciplines, understanding that that is actually more detrimental than you may realize mm -hmm. is something that's key. So when you have discipline, you're keeping promises to yourself. Your subconscious mind is like, yo, you did this for you. Like you feel worthy. And then it, your subconscious is what directs you. So, and, and your decisions are what influence your subconscious. So knowing that if you stick to your disciplines of the habits that you put together, you're going to feel worthy and you're going to be guided towards gaining those things. That's number one. Number two is understanding that the universe is full of unlimited possibilities. So being attached to expectations of how you think things are going to happen is a stupid way to think about life. It's like once you put in the work, you go on the walk, you feel the emotions of who you want to be, you see your vision, you feel like you get the goosebumps, you feel so good, you've done the work. Now let the universe do the rest, right? There's no way to control how it happens. So number that's number two is understanding that there's unlimited possibilities. So for you, for you to think that you could expect things to happen a certain way is, is arrogant and ignorant. So letting go of that. And number three is having a vision, mm -hmm. right? And this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because a lot of the, the guys who are just like, you know, jerking off, scrolling on their phone, they're like, yeah, okay, here's my vision. It's like, well, it doesn't work that way. You can't have your vision if you're in a low energy state. So get yourself in a high energy state. You know, eat clean for a week, run every morning, you know, feel powerful, listen to good music, and then think about what's my vision. Where do I want to be? What's my purpose? And f figure out what that is, write it down, lock it in, and keep that as your your Thing that you feel every single day so if you have the, di the the discipline plus the vision which you visualize on a daily basis and you remember to let go regularly because things are not going to happen how you expect them to because it's impossible mm -hmm. that's the recipe for the guy that wants to kind of get through phase one you know it's, it's the discipline the vision and the letting go two major major takeaways like from from that is the it's super cliche and everyone's but mindset is literally kind of the main thing it's pretty much the only thing that matters right like discipline and visualization all all come from mindset right and then, and then the other takeaway that i had well i when we were driving here i was just kind of thinking and right now i have this rental car it's not my car i hate it I'm not like it's an audi a4 don't like driving it my car's an audi right now rs5 love the car it's, it's fun to drive and, um, but I still had this thought that, and this is more recently, I had this thought yesterday, I had this thought today, that everything is just how it's supposed to be, and I feel really good, and, and I feel like I'm at the place I should be, 
and this is there's there's nothing. Yeah, I want a Lamborghini. I want a, a Porsche GT2 RS. That's actually I'm gonna buy that this year, 100%. Right, but it's I don't like. I'm trying to put it into words, but it's it's more like I'm not. I don't absolutely like need it. It's I'm, I'm not gonna, my day's not gonna suck because of it. Yeah. Everything I'm enjoying my life. Me five years ago, would be very grateful for where I am oh, yeah. right now. So I think like the the gratefulness aspect or the high vibrational piece of that is just kind of enjoying and you're kind of and you're enlightened or you probably have a better word for it. You're right? never gonna get to where you're trying to go because you're always gonna want to go. Further. Yeah, 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 exactly. So life is the journey. The whole yeah. life is, is the journey. And the, the key is to just enjoy the day-to-day and those, those moments. So even though I hated the car that I was driving, I still felt a lot of joy because I'm with the boys. We're going here to film a great yeah. podcast with you. It's just fun in general. And nothing, nothing's really bad. Yeah, for sure. And if you feel certain ways about the car, right, you may be like, oh, shit, I got, yeah, my yeah, car's yeah. way cooler than this. Like, people are going to judge me subconsciously. <laughs> then maybe it's the universe teaching you a lesson. Sure. Right? It's like maybe you need to be humbled today. And you're like, all right, that makes sense. I'm going to feel humbled today. Got right? it. It's like just be in the present moment. Don't resist. And just roll go. with it. Yeah, it's all about letting go. Mm-hmm. You know, and what you said is, is like a very, I think a lot of people get this, but you're going to get to phase one, right? You get the cars, all that stuff. And you're going to want something else. You're going to yeah. want something else. And it's never going to end. On the next you car. Could, and then the next house. You, could, you think Jeff Bezos still doesn't <laughs> want more shit? Of course yeah. he does. Imagine Jeff Bezos was like miserable the whole time. Yeah. Right? It's like you're never going to get to the end. There is no end of the journey. It's just like life is a symphony. Right? It's like it's, there's ups and downs. There's highs. There's lows. But then at the end of it, you look back and it was like a beautiful symphony. I, I love I love this conversation so far because obviously I, I didn't know you before this, but the spiritual aspect of what you've done, like entrepreneurship, I've said I've said it before, is it's like a spiritual growth journey, like self improvement itself, and to be an entrepreneur, start your businesses, you basically have to work on the inner, like you were saying. So it's very, it's almost confirming to me to almost double down. That's another takeaway I had is just like double down. I, I've done a lot of this stuff. You know, we were talking about the breath work and stuff like that, but I've never gone deep enough or maybe I got to a certain point. I got comfortable. I'm like, I'm in Miami now. I'm, you know, cool. Like I got, got the car. Like I'm, I don't need to do any of that stuff, but the stuff that got you there will continue to get you to the next level. And that's a huge takeaway that I took from, you know, what you were saying is you didn't stop. You, you just kept going and going and going and even building on the inner work and whatnot even more than when you started. Yeah. And it's good to get those kind of confirmations, right? Because there's like, you hear all this different shit out there. Yeah. Some people are like, you know, Andrew Tate. He's like, yeah, I wake up, I get on my phone. First thing, it's my portal to the outer world. And like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to meditate. Andrew Tate doesn't, right? And it's like, well, that's one influence. And then there's like, you know, there's all these different influences around you. But I will say yeah. that I've gotten to spend time with a lot of very high-level people, and they're all on their spiritual game. They're all on their, their you know, they all have the discipline. Yeah. Discipline is one thing that every person I know at a high level has. They keep promises to themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can look at anyone successful. Like, Kobe Bryant was a great example. Yeah. That man was, like, up four in the morning, three thirty in the morning, already worked out before. You know how many times he probably woke up and he was like, Man, I'm tired today. But 
It's like, that's not what my true self wants. Yeah. It's like, how many times have you, you know, it's been like a Sunday night and you're like thinking about your week and you're like, I'm going to be, I'm motivated for this week. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to work out. And then like that morning Mm -hmm. comes around and you're like, fuck, why did I say I was going to do that? And it's like, well, that's just your low vibrate, your vibrational animalistic body in the moment trying to convince you not to do what you know is good for you. So it's like, remember what your high vibrational self wanted and keep that, do that no matter what, unless you're like physically injured. Also, your mind gets really tricky. Like for me, waking up early is hard. And, and when it's like several days in a row for me, my mind gets really creative. It's like, first it's like, oh, you're tired, you're exhausted. Then it'll start playing. Like next day, it'll be like, you're going to get sick unless you go back to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds so stupid. And I'll like get up anyway. And then when, every time I break past it though, I'm proud of myself. And I just feel my confidence building mm-hmm. in my conversations, in my interactions. I think that that, yeah, that's because the, you're keeping those promises to yourself. Exactly. There's, there's a, our friend and Logan, obviously you mentioned him, I think, no, not in the pod, but, but Lobo, who we're going to try to get on the pod. But one, one thing that he says or has said is every time I train, I regret all the times I didn't. And that just reminds me of like, yeah, oh, I'm going to wake up in the morning and, and I'm going to do it. And then you get, but if you get up and you just do it, you're going to regret all the times that you but, never did. And th- there are some tools that I'll share that have been very helpful for me in keeping my discipline and my habits. And I will say I'm, I'm far from perfect, mm-hmm. right? But I do keep track of what's not perfect. So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I do. It's kind of a, a two part thing. Number one is a Sunday planning session. It's two hours on Sunday morning where the first hour is reflecting on the previous week. So you're going through every day. What did I do Monday? What were my conversations? You're just writing as many things as you could remember. You're looking at your calendar. You're looking at your texts. And you're writing out everything you did the previous week. You're n- I-, I have one of those pens that are like four colors. You know, it's like a blue, a red, green, and a black. And like if I did something impulsive or something that I didn't feel good about, I'll write it in red. If I did something I'm proud of, you know, sticking to a discipline, a routine, yeah. you know, meditation workout, I'll write it in green. And I write out my whole previous week. So that way I'm aware of my impulsive behaviors, which will let me catch them earlier on this upcoming week. And I'm uh, also celebrating my wins. And also through the process, I'm remembering like, wh- you know, how many times have you had a great conversation and you're like, oh, I'm going to do all these things. And then life gets in the way and then you forget to do half of those things. Well, you go through your week, you kind of writing down those to-dos, etc. It's like a cleanup. It's a cleanup of last yeah. week. And then the second part of the Sunday planning, and this is half of the, the thing I'm going to share. Second part is, um, is planning your week ahead where you're, instead of just like putting on your calendar, like I'm going to work out this time, I'm going to meditate this time, I'm going to, you know, you're being very specific. Like Monday morning, lower body strength, you know, Monday afternoon. Uh, 45-minute walk. And, and you're putting all your personal stuff in your calendar first, and then you're putting the work stuff in. And by the end of it, you know exactly what you're doing every single day. That way there's less room for internal debate when it comes up. It's very it's intentional. Decided. Yeah. You're in a high-energy state. Sunday morning, you're feeling good. You're feeling peaceful. Your high-vibrational self created your week. Now when a debate comes up, you're like, well, it's already in the calendar. I can't not do it. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's part one. Part two is every day at around 7 p.m., maybe 8 p.m., like at when I'm about to kind of like wind down for the day, um, I do a mini version of this where I like basically reflect on the whole day. So I'll, I'll write like 
every detail I could remember of the day. So I woke up at this time, I brushed my teeth, I went to the bathroom, I drank water, I meditated, I stretched, I went on a walk, I got this call, I had this. And, I, and what I'm doing is I'm, I'm sharpening my memory because I'm like recalling all those things. I'm training the neural pathways which create my memory. And I'm also marking in red, oh, you know, I drank another one of those feel-free shots. I only wanted to do one, right? It's impulsive. <laughs> and, right, and like in the moment, your brain's like, it's tricky, you'll feel real good. And it's like, well, shit, I didn't want to do that. So I'm marking those in red, and the good things I'm marking in green. Mm. And I give my day a rating between like an F and an A+. And just, it's just like, it's the same thing. It's like I swept up those conversations. I wrote my to-dos out from that. And I feel like I completed the day. Yeah. And those two habits will give you the ability to stick to your other habits and disciplines much better. It's, it's really interesting because, you know, I am a disciplined person by, by most accounts, right? But even just hearing that, like, I will some, like, a lot of times, like, set too much, you know what I mean? And set up, like, yeah. it's not like I'm not disciplined. Like, I'm always working or always working out or, like, doing these positive things that I think are beneficial to me but i will i'll like over over schedule them and then that's how the kind of train gets stopped right it's just like it becomes too what much what do you mean by that like over schedule like, what it, it's it becomes negative subconsciously because i don't do all of it and i'm breaking those yeah. things because the stuff that i'm trying, you're talking about anything not just work not just like yeah like that's just in general hearing you say all these things like that's a negative thing for me is like, yeah, yeah, I'll work out, but I want to work out or tell myself I'm going to work out for three hours a day and do all this shit. And then it's just like unsustainable and yeah. then can see how it's just interesting to think about as you were talking about you these know, things. That, that's a very good, the, cause I'll, if I need a moment of clarity, I'll journal. Yeah, oh yeah. Write it out. Uh, yeah. But it's almost like a mini journal every day. Yeah. And you're just continuously getting that clarity. And then it becomes hard not to solve problems. Yeah. I, I also do journal in the morning and I, I'll read my last day's recap and rating first before I do my journal. So I bring back the energy of the night before. I'm like, all right, these were my impulsive behaviors. And I'm like, well, who do I want to be today? Right. And this is like after I've meditated and before I've checked my phone. How long have you done this for? Um, this particular habit's been probably about a year. Got it. About a year. Yeah. And it's like most people wake up and they remind themselves of their problems. Like, oh, shit, like I have this financial problem or I like, I have this job I don't like, or I have to go break up with my girlfriend or whatever. And they live the same life the next day and the next day and the next day. And it's like, before you do that, remember where you're going. Right. So like I, in my journal, I'm like, you know, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more compassionate. I'm going to text my grandma. I'm going to be, you know, someone that so-and-so can look up to. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to feel these emotions. I'm going to be loving to my family. I'm going to spend, you know, and I remind myself of the person I need to be. And even just doing that and feeling that, it's like your subconscious is now, like, going in that direction. Mm. But most people live completely reckless fucking lives, dude. Yeah. Like, they wake up and they're just like in whatever direction life throws them with all the emotions from the day before. And they wonder why they're not going forward. Yeah. They got it totally backwards. You know, this stuff I'm talking about is inner work. It's the work. The other problem is most people don't have the framework for the work. So they don't, they're like, yeah, I want to work on my inner world, but what do I do? So like, these are things that I have personally developed through reading, through going to events. Some of this stuff was borrowed from other people. Most of this is my own original kind of things that I've, you know, put together for myself. 
But I, I'm, I'm happy to share this framework because most people don't even know where to start. And the, I, I had an interesting question, but I kind of I lost the train of thought. Yeah, it's, but, it's just super interesting to me. Like, it, it's stuff that I have done before and have experience with it, but it's just, it's funny too. Like, a lot of this stuff I did before I was doing as well as I am now, and then you start doing well, and then you get fucking swept up in just, like, all the bullshit. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you think that – you almost think you're above it to yeah. some extent. Like, yeah. oh, I got all this shit to do now. But you don't get as near as much done whenever – when you aren't feeling very good. Well, what's interesting and, is by removing things from the schedule, I actually think you get more done. And then by, like, writing them down each day, you bring awareness to what needs to get done and what doesn't need to get done. And, like, you prioritize. And then things just – happen it's a very good problem solving framework so would you how much of all this inner work would you attribute your business success to 100 percent. like i wouldn't have any business success if it wasn't for the inner work 100 percent. i mean i i believe and i'm proving to myself and therefore proving to others that your outer world is a direct reflection of your inner world yeah if you have inner turmoil if you're stressed if you're if you're a bad person, like if you're doing things that are not, that you don't feel good about, like you're, you're stealing from someone, that's the worst. Like I think that that's like living in hell, right? You're like, you're, you, you hate yourself. You're not going to succeed. You're yeah. not going to make money. And making money won't solve that. Like it, that, it, it's a direct reflection in my opinion. So I, I want to bring it back a little bit because we talked about the dropshipping stuff. We talked about the Zen drop. We talked about how things got started. One thing we haven't touched on is like the consulting, the coaching business and stuff. And I'm super curious about that because that's what we do. That's what yep. we, I've been sure. involved in that for three you years. Switch up gears a bit. Yeah. Right. yeah but I, I've been involved in that for like three-ish, you know, years growing, you know, personal brands, their coaching programs and stuff on Instagram. Yep. Now we're growing our own. And it's interesting to start to see the product end of it. And we're talking a little bit about that. But how did it come to be? On your end, what, what did the operation look like? You mentioned you had like 20, 25 sales yeah. guys, which means it's a big operation yep. um, for anyone listening. That's Yeah, so I first thing I did was, um, well, I realized that people wanted my product. And and how, like, did you have the personal brand before? No. So you didn't you didn't have anything? You weren't, like, public? I, um, no, I simultaneously, like, hired a publicist and, like, okay. got these articles and, you know, like, I wanted to be... Like, my ego needed to be fed, that kind of Got stuff. It. I was going through that still. Um, I was going through that still. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of, it's part of the journey. Like, yeah. uh, I'm not ashamed of it. You know, it's just, no, it's just funny to, to hear it yeah. like that. But the, the first thing I did was um, I found that people wanted my product and started yeah. kind of small. And then I poached the guy who ran the marketing for Sam Ovens. Okay. SamOvensConsulting.com. Yep. He was like, who? I think he just sold this thing. Hundred million a year. Yeah. Maybe he did. I don't know. I've, I haven't been paying attention, but I found the guy that like built all of his funnels, his emails. Like, okay. um, if you're trying to do something, you find someone that did it way better and either copy them, learn from them, or steal their people. Yeah. Like if you could, and like I had a big vision and like I have a, a way of like getting people motivated to do things because I'm good at sharing my vision. So I was able to share my vision with this guy and like basically bring him on as a profit share partner. And he basically took what I had and like made it on steroids, essentially. Okay. Like uh, 
revamped all my email flows, my ads, like told me what to film. And yeah, basically, you know, I figured out what, what, what does it all boil down to? From a coaching business, it boils down to what does it cost to get a qualified lead on the phone or talking to you, whatever, wherever you talk. And then how much money are you bringing in on average per call or whatever okay. messaging way that you have? And that was the formula. And it was like everything else is operating, operating costs. So we ran ads. Whatever ads got the cheapest cost per click, which translated to cost per application, which translated to cost per lead if they passed the application. How do we get that number as low as possible? And then how do we get our sales team as good as possible so the dollar per call is as high as possible? And we, when we first started, we were getting like $80 per qualified phone call. And we were getting like $500 per Per, per per call, so like it cost us eighty, and we got five hundred back. So we scaled the shit out of it, and yeah. and then the lead cost went up, right? Every time you scale, your lead cost goes up. So and then the business gets more complex. There's more overhead. So um, yeah, that was basically you got to understand your numbers, uh, you know, and you have to improve. How much were you inside that business? In terms of like, were you managing the sales team? Were you overseeing a lot of those processes? No, I had someone managing the sales team. Got but, it. You know. Even like now in Zendrop, like I'm not, I'm I'm not an operator. I'm not a good operator. Like I take a long time to answer emails. I'm not like <laughs> effective with like I don't know how to use our our. I learn from the best. <laughs> we use Notion. I don't know how to use Notion. Like Slack, I'm horrible at. Like I have probably like seventy thousand unread things. Like <laughs> things, but I have a great like everyone under me is they're managing their teams, and I have great communication with those people and yeah. great emotional relationships with those people. So I understand how they feel and I'm confident that they're much better at what they're doing than what I'm doing. So I, I'm personally not a good operator. That doesn't mean that anyone listening should try to not be an operator. Maybe you're a strong operator. I'm not, yeah. I'm a visionary. I'm a visionary and I'm an effective communicator when it comes to like conversations with people. I'm not effective with managing my inbox. I'm not very organized. Granted, I could get better at it, but I, I'm just, you know, I focus on my strengths, you know, and, and I don't focus on trying to improve my weaknesses so much. I, I just double down on my strengths, accept my weaknesses, maybe improve them if I need to. But yeah, I'm not, I'm, I was not very much in the operations of the coaching business. I was filming content. I was doing, you know, once a week we did a group coaching call. We had a mastermind every quarter. I was just kind of like the guy doing that stuff. Got it. Face. It was a business, though. Yeah, right? it was like, a right, it was a real you business. Build a business. So you work on the business. L- let me ask you this: If you're us, right? This is more of a personal advice question. If you're if you're me and Logan, and you had just kind of removed yourself from fulfillment, you're there. You got call week now, right? We took the advice you gave us, and we we implemented a lot of those things. And, and you're us. You're you're almost at the the hundred k a month mark with this new business, mm-hmm. right? What's your next step? We're getting our leads organically. Our fulfillment is taken care of. We have all day to be on video and market. What, what yeah. do you do? So two things. Um, if you guys are, well, three things really. I would be, number one is I would take a good hard look at the product and the marketplace and see what can you do that differentiates you from others? Like what can you do to disrupt it? What would Elon Musk do? Like, mm. don't, think, don't think, oh, I'm not Elon Musk. He's coming out with a new battery for Tesla. He's going to blow all the other fucking electric car companies out of the water. 
how do you get way ahead of the competition? And don't think small, even if it's hard. You know, open your, yeah. do a brainstorm session every quarter and like think about how can you change okay. that, right? Um, number two is double down on the organic stuff, which is what you're doing. Like really focus so on we're really good collaborations at. Yep. and, you know, keep blowing up on social, double down on what's working. And then number three, I'd probably introduce paid traffic because paid traffic is a throttle. It's like, you know, if I put in 10, I make 20. So let me put in 10,000, make 20,000. Yeah. And you can never, like, I only did paid traffic. I never did any organic traffic. And it was I directly, I was able to, if you said, all right, we got 18 salespeople on today and they could each take 10 calls. We need 180 calls booked. All right. I know exactly how to do that. With you, paid cr traffic. you crank it up. Crank it up, crank it down. And then I have my email list where, oh shit, we're like, we need 60 more calls today. Shoot out a blast to 20,000 people, right? Like, and the paid traffic got the list and I had someone really good managing that. So yeah, I would say number one is the product and offering. Separate yourself, like figure out how can you be the Elon Musk of your space. Like triple down now. Like we, I feel like we double down and then we have to like triple down. Yeah, now. maybe it's a software you build. Maybe it's a, I don't know your space. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, that's a whole separate conversation, For sure. but think that way, right? You guys are smart. Um, double down on what you're currently doing with the organic traffic and introduce paid traffic. That's what I would do. Super cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, th I think it's, uh, you know, hearing all of the sort of like spiritual and mindset stuff. And then also hearing the, the corollaries with how you talk about business. Like, I feel like the denominator there that you've mentioned for both is like, emotions and like really like I feel like that's maybe what makes you such an effective marketer and and or entrepreneur is the emotional like awareness almost and being able to tap into that is that something you like expressively think about or you just think comes natural so, I think emotional intelligence is extremely important I do have one more habit that I do mm -hmm. that I didn't share yet that is like um, kind of a way to tune in my emotions um, so it, uh, I do a morning walk and on my morning walk, I'm focused on, um, kind of a few different emotional states. Like it's about a 30 minute walk and it's broken up into five parts. And the first part is like, I'm opening my heart. I'm like feeling grateful. I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling thankful for everything I have. Um, the second part is I am becoming aware that I'm a spiritual being. I'm just like imagining how like the universe is so large and there's more to it than what I could see. The third part of it is I feel powerful. I feel strong. And I have like a playlist that brings me through these, these states as well. I feel powerful. I feel strong. And I realize that the thoughts that come from that are a little bit different. And then the fourth part is just, just being totally present, feeling every step, feeling the wind, looking, you know, observing the nature. And then the fifth part is a celebration where I'm just like, I took the 30 minutes for myself today. I deserve, and I'm like, my vibration's getting higher and I'm tuning into all those kind of emotions. And you know, my goal is to feel goosebumps, to feel so good on that walk that I literally get goosebumps and I know I've kind of done the work. But I feel like in, in activating, a lot of people suppress emotions for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like when was the last time they felt so euphoric they had goosebumps, right? It's like, I try to do that on a daily basis. And I feel like it allows me to go deeper in my conversations and connect with people at a deeper level. I think most people though, they, their, their hearts are closed. They're very hard on themselves. They may not love themselves. They may not have someone else that they love very much. 
And like when your heart's closed, you can't do anything. Yeah. Like that's like the first step. So like, you know, everyone talks about the importance of feeling grateful, feeling thankful, but you really got to do it. Like, you know, yeah. I go on the walk and I literally like, yeah, I think about my, you know, a, fr- a friend of mine who I loved who passed away. And like, I think about, you know, my wife, my dogs, my home. And like, I'm so grateful to be able to go on this walk and like, I fill up. I really fill up. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I'll like even have a tear, you know, and it's like, and as a man, people are sensitive to talk about that stuff, but that's the truth. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. I, I feel it allows me to connect with people deeper. Do, do you think building the businesses and how it's like it forces you to grow as a person and grow spiritually is just the vehicle to grow spiritually more than anything, more than just building the business itself? That's a good question. That's a, that's a uh, well, I mean, if you look at like, the people who are most spiritually advanced in the planet, like, yeah. you know, monks who live in caves, yeah. like they're not building businesses. They're just mm-hmm. meditating, you know, but I guess is that, is that our version of it? I think we, we live in a society where in order to like have comforts and luxuries and be able to stay at a hotel like this and travel yeah. nice, you need money. Of course. And in order to have money, you need to build a business. Yep. But in order to build a business, you need to work on the inner world. So it's like, a, it's like a big circle, right? It's like, once you have this stuff, your inner world's more peaceful. Like, for example, I was talking to my father-in-law yesterday about, like, why do I travel and, and stay in luxury hotels? And it was like, well, if I was staying at, like, a Motel 6, for example, or the Four Seasons, the Motel 6, I would get there, and, you know, the receptionist wouldn't be very nice, and then maybe the bed would be dirty, and there wouldn't be enough water in the room, and, you know, we wouldn't be able to set this up. Yeah. And, like, with the Four Seasons, it's like, you know, the, the odds of me having convenience and feeling good... Uh, are much higher for pay and, and also like as you make more money the amount that it costs like even if it's like two grand a night it's proportionally a much smaller percentage of like my net worth than it's, it would it, be in the past it's an energy thing it's yeah, keeping it's your energy 100%, high 100% and the odds of like not running into issues and yeah. inconveniences and stresses but it's it's um it's like you build the business to make the money to have more comfort to have a better inner world to build the business to make the money to have more comfort so it's kind of a big cycle but then it's like if you zoom out from there, it's like, well, what, what's the point of any of this, right? Like what, why are we even here? Like what, what's, what is life about? It's not about making money. It's not about traveling. It's not about eating good food. It's like, it's just about like savoring the little moments. And I think like what you, what you asked is a great question. I don't have an answer for it. Sure. But I think that through building a business, you learn about yourself because you feel a lot of stresses, you run into challenges, you overcome them and you grow. And through growing and understanding more, you're able to understand these spiritual growths at a deeper level, which allow you to be better at your business. I think they're hand in hand. I mean, every successful business person I know, they're at least very disciplined. I think discipline is a form of spirituality. And um, yeah, I I don't have like a, a direct answer, but that's kind of my thoughts on it. No, it makes sense. Yeah, cool, cool. It's a good question. It's overall just like a really good reminder, you know. Like I, um, like I remember too, like when I lived in Boca, and was working for you, and like went through like my fucking psychonaut phase and taking like four grams of mushrooms on the weekend <laughs> or whatever. And you you do feel like a, a like a lot of love for yourself and and different things, or you you are like very present and grateful and all these different emotions. It's just really interesting and I think really useful 
to hear from somebody who does like I've to me I feel like there's a big separation in the world there's like people who you know are are spiritual and care about that kind of stuff and then there's like people who build successful businesses and have ambition and and do all these things and I think it's really useful to have somebody who does both because it's like like I look at a lot of the people that are like telling me I need to love more uh-huh. and like, like, they like make me person. they make me more judgmental right because I'm just like all right dude like yeah and uh, yeah you and know a lot I mean? of those people aren't actually doing what they preach 100 like, percent. right right that's right the problem is like most of the people that talk, talk about spirituality are not relatable to people like you and it, I it's yeah. super like, refreshing to see someone else that can like I feel like we're both very spiritual to a degree, and that's why we're having this conversation. That's why I even went to that place. But it's super refreshing to see someone that's ahead of us, like yourself, that can have that spiritual conversation and can tell you to love, you know, yourself and all that, and still get on the phone and be a shark, yeah, and still get on the phone and take somebody's money like it, like it's nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. What you're saying, though, it, it is hard to relate to a lot of the people that talk about spirituality, that talk about meditation, talk about love. You're like, well, I don't, I don't want to be like that person, so yeah. I don't want to do any of those things. Like, you should love yourself so much your girlfriend has four other boyfriends. <laughs> like, no, I'm good on that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it goes, you know, that, it goes too far sometimes. Yeah. It's, but di- <laughs> discipline, keeping, keeping a promise to yourself is loving yourself, yeah. yeah. right? You're doing something that's good for you. You're loving yourself. And you, and in turn, you love yourself more because you did something that's good for you. It doesn't mean like, you know, lick your arm and you know, kiss your palm and, <laughs> you know. You, that's not what it means. It means do things that are good for you that your high vibrational self knows is good for you. How, how do you balance that with, because I think this is the problem like I run into is like, it's not that I don't want to do those things, it's, but it's also, like, there is an external objective reality of, like, oh, like, these people need an answer today, or, like, these, you know what I mean? Like, this has to get done. Yeah. And it, there's, there's a lot of times where it conflicts, maybe, with the emotional state you want. Like, how do you balance that? And Just wake up earlier. No, I mean, <laughs> you got time. Fair enough. I mean, you also have to prioritize it, like... You know, for me, it's like if I, I need to meditate for an hour in the morning and I have all this other shit to do, I'll just get up an hour earlier and I'll meditate. And I, I always have a better day if I meditate for an hour in the morning than if I don't. Would you Every rather, time. would you rather skip out on like a, like how, what time do you go to bed? Like 9.30. Okay. So would you rather skip out on that extra sleep, that full night of sleep to get your meditation in? Or would you rather get a full night of sleep? It, it kind of depends. Like, okay. you know, if I'm running on fumes and, like, I feel... It, there's also, like, people oftentimes mistake intuition and impulse. For example, if I want to sleep for 10 hours, that could be my intuition or, or just me being impulsive. Yeah. Right? And when you're not in tune with yourself, it's hard to tell the difference. So there will be times where I, I think that sleep is more valuable. Um... But I can also calculate it. For example, like today I slept in because like I was in Houston the other day driving back and forth, like didn't get much sleep. Yesterday I got up at, at five. I went on a run with, with Madeline's family. And like this, today I was like, I need to get sleep. So I slept for like 10 hours. But I also scheduled the day so that I could get my meditation in. So mm. I could have slept yesterday. I could have, I kind of calculated it. So there's no either or. I would say the meditation comes above the sleep 
90% okay. of the time, but occasionally you need to just recharge, you need to do nothing. Yeah. But if you plan your weeks right, you don't have that conundrum, right? So like for me, Saturdays are a kind of a, a do whatever I want day. It's a cheat day or a celebration day. As long as I'm good for the week, I can eat what I want. I can sleep till whenever I want. I can, I can do whatever I want on a Saturday. The rest of the week though, I already have planned out. So I don't have to, I don't have to say, do I want to sleep or do I want to get the meditation in? And that's why I'm saying on a Sunday, when you plan your week, you're accounting for the shit that needs to get done. You're accounting for your personal habits, but you can't get the shit done without the personal habits. So you need to put the personal habits in first. I love it. I'm going to implement a couple of these things. Yeah, um, we're going to, we're going to get you implementing these things for sure. Why? I don't know. It's just like a, running, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's very much like something that I would do. Like what? these, these analytical things and, and whatnot. It's just like, it plays to my strengths. I, I enjoy it. Anyway, um, I'm curious about one thing. Why move from Florida to Texas? Um, honestly, it's, I was going to move to Austin because a few of my employees were out there. Okay. Um, Boca is not so like up and coming, you know, it's like kind of older. I loved it there, but uh, Austin was like kind of like the new Silicon Valley. And I ended up basically just expanding my Zillow search out from Austin to San Antonio. And I was like, holy shit, like you can get some crazy houses in San Antonio for this money. And then I ended up driving to the neighborhood that I'm in now. And it was like right when I drove in, like the lush golf course, like it was like a very established neighborhood, like big trees and like, you know, all the half of the San Antonio Spurs live in there. And it's like, just a very classy, nice vibe. And I was like, I'm living here. Like I don't want to. I don't want to live in Austin anymore. So, we found a house, uh, and yeah, we just kind of went like life just threw us there. Like uh, didn't have any real reason, honestly. Are you still golfing a bunch? I'm golfing probably like on average probably like three days a week. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Not every day. How's like it I used coming? To. It's the same. Yeah. I'm not any better. <laughs> I might be a bit worse. I was playing every day in Boca though. Yeah, that was a, that was a great time. It's it's funny to be here and just like have this conversation yeah, and kind of look back on it. Definitely a very fun time in my life to just like, we we would be in the office like working and then Jared would like get an impulse up his ass and like want to go spend some money or do something fun. So we'd like go to Top Golf or whatever. <laughs> it's just like super fun and really interesting. Yeah, you um, are a terrible golfer though. Yeah, I am now for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's fun times. I've been telling you we got to play. Been waiting on your clubs, man. It's a great habit to learn because there's hundreds of beautiful places you could travel for it. And, like, typically the people that golf are, like, at a high level. Yeah. And it's really fun, like, once you get good at it. So, I, like, I think it's – and you can play it until you're, like, 90. So, yeah. yeah. Now, while we're still here before the cameras kind of die on us, um, what can, what's, like – what can we expect from you – in terms of your social media, like what, what's next for you? What are you trying to build like going forward? And what's your final message, I guess, for the associates? Yeah, so I'm not sure what to expect. I'm, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm just going to put out things that I want my son to see when he's five, six, seven, yeah. ten years old. I think it's going to hit really good with that message. Yeah, and if it does, like if I can give, if I can share experiences I've had, that help 
kind of guide a misguided generation, like that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but all I could do is my best, you know, but I am still very much heads down on my business. So I'm not like, eventually I'll, I'll switch a hundred percent to like writing more books and speaking and doing those types of things right now. It's just, I'm going to be working with, with Brian. He's going to be filming. We're going to put out some stuff and kind of see where it goes. I don't have any expectations, honestly. Um, but we'll see. And, you know, from, from a, from a final message, I mean, I think, you know, people like you guys have a lot of influence on, on people your age and younger, and we're in a very wounded world right now, like straight up, like, and if, if it doesn't change, I don't know what it's going to lead to. So I, I, I've been saying like, if somehow we can get everyone in the world to meditate and work out every day, the world would heal itself, right? Most people are waking up, remembering their problems. Then they numb their, their problems with social media or the news, in which case they're being influenced to think that in order to solve their problems, they need to get these things. And then they try to get those things, but they don't get those things because they can't attract those things into their life because instead of attracting the, the abundance, they're attracting the lack because they have a separation from those yeah. things. And it's a, a vicious cycle and it causes people to resent each other and hate each other and and believe that in order to get ahead you have to take other people down and a lot of people just have it backwards and it's like the, the simple truth is that your inner world and your outer world are correlated but you have to work on the inner world and the outer world works itself out so you know as young guys that have a, a good audience i appreciate you having me on and having this conversation and it allows me to sharpen my sword too, you know, diving in, hearing good questions. Um, but I just, yeah, I encourage people listening to, uh, to realize how important it is to work on your inner world, realize how important discipline is and how detrimental it is to not keep promises to yourself. It goes much beyond the outcome. If you don't work out, yeah, okay, you might get out of shape. But what, what's really happening is you're telling yourself that you can't even keep a promise to yourself. So you can't do anything else that comes your way. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a compounding effect. So my end message is really, you know, stay true to yourselves. Um, be loving and caring to other people. And uh, I love it. You know, just it's great. Keep the good vibes. That's Love it. it, man. I'm uh, obviously great to great to see you again. It's been a while, been a long time. Yeah. Um, and I love the message, and super excited for you to to see what you put out because I do. I think it's really important that you know there are 32 year old guys that have made money and have a wife and kids and like done done all these things externally who vouch for the the merit of some of those internal things. Yeah, for sure. I'll be, I'll be working on it. Love it. Amazing, guys. That was episode 23. All of Jared's links are in the description. You can go check it out. All of our links are in the description. YouTube, obviously. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. All the short form. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for watching. Episode 23 is done. It's a wrap. That was great. Hell, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. How long was that? Hour and 47. Oh, wow. Will it seem shorter? I don't. I had no idea, honestly. I had a piece so bad, dude. I've been.